That's right, Whistler. Welcome to episode 183 of Star Wars Beyond the Films, your Star Wars discussion podcast, your podcast of legends, your ticket to that galaxy far, far away. Our episodes broadcast on the Star Wars Report website, Second Airborne Division at www.starwarsreport.com. Episodes can also be found on iTunes, Zoom, as well as Stitcher, and right on your own Twitter and Facebook pages at SW Beyond Films. Hey, but enough about how you got here. Let's get this show started. I'm one of your hosts, the defender of the EU, the champion of the multiverse, the bipolar Star Wars fan, Mark Herlman. And with me, like the Emperor's Wrath, the EU guru himself, the count of those two continuities, Mr. Nathan B. Butler. Hey, everybody. We must be talking about Brian Wood, I guess, if we're talking Emperor's Wrath. Or is it time to talk some Princess Leia? Hey, hey, what what are you guys doing? Oh, shoot. Podcasting? Uh, wanted us to podcast back here. Yeah, this. But this is the Cloud City Casino podcast. Oh, we're not the special talent show tonight. Oh no, man. no, no! You're 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 doing the wrong podcast. You're doing. <laughs> but you're, we got to talk about Audible.com or something. Okay, well, we got to do the Cloud City Casino podcast, so we can we can talk on that one. Okay, don't see Nate. I always use backwards. I'm sorry. This is all my fault. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not here. It's let the Wookiee win. See, it's you know what? Hold on. I suggest a new strategy. You really belong here with us, fucking club. Welcome, scoundrels, to this episode of Cloud City Casino. That's right, it's the Cloud City Casino podcast. And sitting down with me this week is going to be Nathan P. Butler and Mark Herleman. All right, guys, so we on board now? Yeah, I think we're good. I think we're now that we know what the heck we're doing. Sure. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's, it's cool. It's cool. I, I understand that you're used to your own podcast and you just, you know hard to change things so we'll uh we'll, we'll start you off slow and uh and work from there so let's let's talk about comic books and then we'll uh we'll move into some other stuff sounds like a plan my man fair warning listeners there's gonna be some mild spoilers ahead are you guys completely caught up on on everything going on right now yes and no i i you know i've been uh, i switched from going physical trade the single issues i was doing that all the time before it switched to marvel now that it switched to marvel i've got a bigger bookshelf I'm going with the hardback books, and I'm going with the trade paperback. So I'm waiting to get the physical copies. Uh, but Nathan, he gets so many that he's giving me an extra electronic copy. So I've been reading them electronically, and then I go down the day they come out, and I do because I always read them three ways. I, I do a quick flip through to look at the art kind of stuff first, right, then I right. read. It. So now I go down there the day of, do my quick flip through, get a feel for what the art's like. Then you know, Nate send me the code. I go through and I read it like that, and eventually I'll get the hardcovers, and then I'll go through them again and just fan out completely because that's just the way I, I do it not the third read through you know it, every one of the comics are always a lot better by the third time through you're just like oh i get it now it's, it's firing all cylinders you know where it's gonna go and that single issue that was always the hardest thing for me was that waiting each week or in the case of canaan waiting a couple months between each other it's like oh come on <laughs> no it's, well you know that the third read through makes everything better except darth vader and the ninth assassin i think <laughs> um i don't know in my case um I mean, I'm, I'm caught up on all the ones that have been released, and of course, new news is coming out of San Diego Comic Con, you know, as we speak here. So uh, now we know there's going to be a Chewbacca miniseries coming in the near future. Um, but yeah, I'm caught up on uh, up through seven of the regular, up through, or I guess up through seven of Vader, six of the regular, uh, all of Princess Leia, unfortunately, <laughs> three of Kanan, and the one uh, of Lando at this point. He's right. I do it kind of in a ridiculous way. I wind up getting a copy from the Marvel subscription service, but it takes so long to get here that I buy the digital copy to read first. And then when that Marvel subscription copy gets here, well, I just give him the code so that he can read it digitally before he gets them later. But then I've also got copies coming from things from another world just to make sure that at least one of them shows up in good shape as I was sort of experimenting with what the best way was to ship stuff to me since most of my stuff was getting here damaged. So technically, at least for about a year, I've got extras coming in, and then I wind up giving that extra digital code to one of our Republic Forces Radio Network uh, slash Rebels Roundtable guys, Brock, and wind up still with an extra giveaway copy eventually. So, yeah, we're both kind of ridiculous when it comes to the approach. We don't, neither of us just buys it and reads it. 
So you're, you're kind of like the uh, the middleman who's getting everybody hooked on Star Wars comics then. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. And and but but not just for Star Wars. I wound up there's a I played the video game Destiny, and there's this big thing going on right now with Red Bull where. You get these codes off of Red Bull cans, and you can get special stuff in the game, and there's no 7-Elevens that sell that specific 7-Eleven variant of Red Bull around. So I got buddies in other states who are like, okay, I'm getting the, I'm, I'm buying the Red Bull. You send me the money. I send you the code. I was like, you throw me together, I throw you the whip. And then I'm distributing <laughs> out these codes to buddies yes. in the clan and everything. So not the clan, just our clan, not right. the clan with the K. All right, let's... Although I am in Georgia. <laughs> Quick, move along before this continues to get awkward. <laughs> so, uh, Chewbacca comic. Okay. Yeah, Chewbacca. And they are already telling us, because the obvious thing is, right, how are you going to do a Chewbacca comic? Is it going to be just reflections about him, like the one that they did from Dark Horse whenever he died in the Legends continuity and all? Or is it going to be focusing on him? And if it is, how exactly is he going to get across his dialogue are they going to simply translate it will there be little thought narration boxes and apparently the answer to both is no oh my god they're gonna do what i would jokingly say aren't they yeah he's basically going to go so there's gonna be no explanation whatsoever of what he's actually saying the holiday special over again that did not work that was almost what three hours but mark i think this could work in comic book form yeah, as long as you have enough people repeating back what he's saying, I think it would work. I, I am. It's an odd choice to have no translation in a comic. I mean, you could simply put those little asterisks that they have over on each side and say, say what he's saying or put a little box at the bottom corner and have it still be like, you know, and then you're like, oh, and, you know, there it says it right there. Or you could have 3PO do the translations when Master Chewbacca says that you're a dirty rat. I mean, so many ways they know about this. But well, you know what? They, but what they've said is he's going to be they didn't just say he's going to speak in growls. He's going to speak in Shrewu, or however you're supposed to pronounce that. Right. Which has to mean if they're saying it that way that they've actually given the writer a lexicon of how do you write hello in true? Is it or is it how many How many R's go in this word? And you know that if they do create an actual lexicon of that, there will be Star Wars fans nitpicky enough to go back and go, you left out a W, sir. O-O-U-O-O-U-U-O-O-W-W-W. W three of them like Kashyyyk. Let the people nitpicking the spelling of what's the what's the Tuscan Raiders name? Whatever it's supposed to be. That was rough. I forgot all about that. Yep. What we're talking about from Kenobi? Is that what is that the one you're referring to? No, the Tuscan Raider front, the Tuscan Raider that attacks Luke in A New Hope has an actual name, and it's like or something like that from a from a decipher card. I would just call him the guy that laughs like Lewis from Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> well, you, you know what it actually was, right? I'm sure I've heard it. It was a, it was a donkey. Is that what it was? A donkey? Yeah, yeah. Like it was it, like it wasn't like a couple of sound. It was just a donkey. Huh. Yeah, they just used used a donkey for the sound effect. So Luke could have been sitting there on the ground, getting attached. Get your ass off of me! <laughs> and we're already in the sophomore <laughs> humor. Oh, okay. Well, you know what, though? As I always have to say to my my guest, you know, it is the Cloud City Casino, so scoundrels welcome. But uh, moving on, I I think that's going to be interesting. You know, it's one of those things where they pretty much know they have my money anyway, so I guess I'll just have to wait and see. Now, on the current comics that that are coming out, so I've already gathered Princess Leia is not one you're enjoying. Uh, Which one are you probably enjoying the most? We're divided. We actually just talked about this a little bit as we were recording our reviews for regular Star Wars and Darth Vader. I personally am finding the Darth Vader series the most interesting, not because of Vader per se, but this new cast okay. of supporting characters that they've made is awesome. You get the the crazy adrenaline junkie, uh, rogue archaeologist slash weapons dealer slash almost gets a thrill out of the possibility of Vader killing her lady, Dr. Afra. You've got a protocol droid named Triple Zero that specializes in torture. And then you've got the crazy weapon-laden little BT-1 astromech droid. They make for an eclectic little group. You, I would read a Star Wars story just of them leaving Vader completely out of it. It's just, 
it's it's a fun group and it feels fresh even if they took a weird twist with the whole let's find some possible replacements for vader that don't use the force but use technology to mimic it thing in in the first story arc of it but i don't know it's it's fun it's it's a fun ride yeah i'm definitely conflicted in my my way of looking at it like you know, when we were talking about it, we were comparing uh, the Star Wars ongoing with the Vader one. And of those two, I like the Star Wars one more. Uh, but I can't look at those two not as a whole. Like, it's the light side and the dark side of the Force, you know? It's like, it's one big coin for me. And that, in together, those two is just the second of my favorite. My Surprisingly, my favorite one is the Kanan one. Um, it's the one I'm okay. the most interested in. Uh, I like the art the most on that one. And it's, it's probably in the, the era that I am the most curious about of the new canon stuff. I mean, you know, the EU made enough eras of its own that I was interested in different directions of all of the Star Wars saga, but now that it's all more condensed, it's like I'm really digging on the Rebels era and I'm really digging on the Clone Wars era. And that right as Order 66 aspect, as that's happening, now that there's nothing in it, you know, from Legends, none of it made it over, I really want to know what happened again. And, you know, Kanan's like the one character to kind of bridge that gap for me. And so, you know, seeing that tale, that's that's been the tale that I'm really wanting to finish the most. I'm really bummed that it's the one that's coming out once a month. Uh, you know, I happen to wait to get that finished story. All the others have all finished their first arc, but that one's still going. And I'm like, I want to, I want to know how it ends. And I know that, that one's going to continue to go, so I'm really excited about that too. But uh, yeah, I mean, those three are definitely the ones that I put in the highest regard. Um, the Leia one, like, I don't mind the art so much. Like, it, it's not a terrible art. It's a, it's a style I'm not used to, whereas, like, I grabbed the Lando one. I didn't read all the dialogue, but I was looking through it. And, and that one, I'm really not caring for the way that, that it's it's just really gritty. It's just not my style. It's, an, it's not like it's a bad style. It's just not one that I'm really that fond of. Uh, so, you know, I'm curious where that's going. And, and Leia was in the same boat. It's like, I, I like the Leia one better than a lot of other art that I've seen Dark Horse put out, but it's still not my favorite art. I would say of them all, Kanan's the, the style of these art that I really, really get a kick out of. It's what I love seeing in my Spider-Man stuff, and I love seeing in my Star Wars. Okay. Yeah, well, um, going through, I'm not completely caught up. I haven't read uh, Princess Leia at all, and then I am th- through issue six on both, vader and uh the, the star wars proper and then i've read two issues of kanan so far so it, i i think right now I, I like the uh the the proper uh the best but i really really like the artwork on um on darth vader the most i think i think the whole thing with with leia aside from the fact that the artwork is so much lower in I would argue, quality compared to what you get with the other two, the ongoing series. Um, it just doesn't really capture Leia very well. I mean, for a series that's supposed to be about her, she emotionally, her attitude towards certain characters seems to waffle back and forth quite a bit. And when you get to the last issue, it very much feels like rushed storytelling to some degree. Um, on the other hand, though, the other ones, aside from having the better artwork, they do tend to integrate, at least the know star wars and darth vader the fact that you can for instance have in the first issue of vader it's vader meeting with jabba the hutt talking about uh he's gonna have a formal meeting the next day with jabba but this meeting is just for him and then you see that formal meeting in like the fourth issue or whatever it is of the other series and then boba fett is sent out on a mission in vader wind up seeing the mission in star wars and the fact that eventually they come back together in one crucial scene that links the two together that's some really cool storytelling. I don't know how long they can continue to do that, especially with schedules and everything getting pushed back to keep them in line. But that turned out very well. Uh, Kanan so far has been cool and interesting. But if it wasn't Kanan, I don't think I would care. It's more of a, hey, this is cool because this is the character I've seen in Rebels. There's not really anything yet that feels particularly new and interesting from it compared to all the other Order 66, post-Order 66 stories that we've gotten. If anything, Lando is more of a mystery. I like the idea that he, Lando, just went on a job to steal a ship that happens to belong to Palpatine. He's so <laughs> screwed. And that's sort of where the series goes. Um, that's fascinating to me. But the writing of it is what's causing me to shake my head. It's, it's decent enough writing. But, brother, you don't need to call everybody brother all the time, brother. I mean, oh, brother. You know what I mean, brother? Hey, brother. 
Yeah, I, I think I think y'all are probably just reading the the dialogue in your head wrong though. It's uh, you got to think more Hulk Hogan. <laughs> That's right, brother. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I hope I just. Well, actually, I don't hope I just ruined that for everybody, but that's it's going to be one of those things. It's the end of the second issue, and finally Lawbot just looks straight at the reader, breaks the fourth wall, and goes, snapping with Slim Jim! (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, yeah! But I want to see where it goes. He's captured the nature of Lando, I think, rather well, except for, you know, that mannerism, the the nature of Lando and and his swan. Lando is the kind of person, it seems like, who would be trying to pull a scam on a woman, trying to steal Mm -hmm. something, realize that the better way to do it is to still play her, but play her by telling the truth and getting the sympathy right. to get what he wants. That's straight up Lando. Um, right. Captured in a way that I'm hoping, like, I'm waiting for us to get a sense of when this takes place. It seems like it's between A New Hope and Empire, but they've said they're not going to pin it down anymore because that would somehow constrain future storytelling if they can't sort of shift it around if they need to, um, which kind of frightens me. But um, <laughs> It'd be nice to see sort of how he gets from where he is in Rebels to this, because right. he definitely seems like he has a much better grasp on his schemes in this than in Rebels, or at least in Rebels, we haven't seen that deep of a scheme. So it would be, we've talked on Star Wars Beyond the Films about how it seems like Vader all of a sudden actually has a real character development arc that's not sporadic. Maybe there's going to be one for Lando too, and I'd love to see it if there is. Yeah, Lando's yeah. definitely one of those characters that, that I dare say is like Jar Jar Binks. Uh, fandom is either going to, yes, exactly. They're either going to freak out and be like, why are we throwing Lando in here? Or they're going to love him. But I, but I use Jar Jar because Jar Jar is the extreme example. I mean, I noticed that, that there are people that, that absolutely love Lando's character and those that are like, why are we dragging Lando into this? And so the, the ones that really love this character are going to be the ones that are going to be thinking about him in ways that, that they haven't before. Whereas I think the fans that hated Lando are just going to pick it apart just to pick it apart. Uh, so I, I think you're going to have mixed reactions across the board. And then, you know, you're going to have the classic ones, the, the fans that, well, it's got star Wars in the title. So I love it. Oh my God. It's so great. You know, they made a big deal out of it in, I guess it was insider about how this is Lando headlining his first star Wars comic, which really isn't entirely true. I mean, you had, you know, that the, the bounty hunter story of his own. Um, and it's not comics, but he certainly headlined his own novel series. In fact, the second actual right. trilogy of novels ever made. But he's certainly an mm-hmm. underused character. So anything they can do to him to make him feel more relevant and not relegated to being a side character constantly would be, would be nice. And I wonder if that's what they're doing with Chewie. Right. Leia was, was she was one of the big three, the only one that had never really had her own focus in a series. And then now here's Lando, who hadn't had much of a focus in comics. Now he's sort of being pulled into the forefront. And then you got Chewbacca, who in Legends wound up essentially being the big furry babysitter for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's getting his own series. Um, you know, who knows? Next up, maybe now that Grand General Tag is alive after A New Hope, maybe he'll get his own series. He's certainly coming back, and I think it's issue eight of Darth Vader. They're, they're taking... For lack of a better term, I guess what I'm looking for is they're taking unconventional approaches to who they're choosing for the miniseries. We have yet to see a Luke one, a Han one. Um, they're going for the characters who haven't been featured all that much and an era that hasn't been featured as much outside of Brian Wood <coughs> um, for quite a while. Right? The years that we focus so much on the previous. Well, it, it shifts away that misconceptions that everybody has about these characters' backgrounds. I mean, you know, when you and I were discussing Tarkin on Beyond the Films, it, you know, that was a character that I really didn't care that much for in canon. But now that we've had that reboot to his backstory and all the legend stuff is now legends and he is completely wide open, he's a much more dynamic character to me. And I think, you know, that they'll be able to really capitalize that, like you said, on Lando and with Chewie, especially. Uh, Lando, I think, is a character that that I was always on the fence with. Like, you know, he was always cool and he had some mystery behind him. But he, I think it was like Nathan said, the underutilized aspect of him, even in Legends, they didn't use him to the fullest. I mean, I think I really started to enjoy the character the most when we got to the New Jedi Order, because it was like, you know, where he was at, what he was doing was central to the to the process and stuff. And he'd already gone through his journey. He had his wife. And like I didn't really care for that story that much. But Lando after that and everything that moved him past that once he had chance and everything, that was a character that I was really getting a kick out of. So, you know, seeing him brought into Rebels at such an early point, if they have a plan for him, that's it's kind of really exciting because the fans that are on the fence, you know, they're jumping back into the, the hey, it's Lando. Woohoo! 
it's funny you mention how the the new canon sort of has wiped some backgrounds clean and they can do what they want with it. I was just reading one of the San Diego Comic-Con panel live blogs, and I guess it was one of the authors of those sort of unusual new adaptations that are being made of the classic trilogy. And they talked about how they tried to sneak in, one of the authors tried to sneak in certain Legends references to bring things into canon and how there were some things that were okay and some were not. And one of the things that was not was all of Han Solo's background, which makes sense now that we know that Han Solo is going to get a background in one of those anthology films. So you got to wonder if there is anything we can take for granted with these characters anymore. I mean, as far as we know, Lando was sort of that, he's the gambler with a heart of gold, and he's just smooth, and he just sometimes, he's a man that makes mistakes. Like turning over his buddy to the Empire, that wasn't a good idea. But you know he did it because he was trying to save people's lives, and that makes him a good man. For all we know, he could turn out to be a complete sleazeball in the time before some transformative <laughs> event. Han Solo, right? We could find that when Han Solo was young, he was in a situation where he had to shoot first. Yep. And it scarred him for life. So now he has to wait for the other person to shoot over his shoulder before he'll shoot at you. Well, I was thinking something similar in that regard where <laughs> right. all the way up to that point, they could have him the shoot first character. So even though he now shoots second in the film, it doesn't matter because we've already established that that's his character. I'll be like, yes, part of me actually kind of fist raises on that one. Like, heck yeah. No, no. Episode seven. Assuming that one of these characters that we're meeting is his child. And heck, now that we met, we've met Sana Solo in the Star Wars series. It could be Finn. Yep. That's his, his child or something. Um, but my question, of course, would be, couldn't they just include a little scene or something where he's talking to a solo child, or even a Skywalker child, whatever, and be like, now remember, the honorable thing is, don't you ever shoot first. <laughs> and the crowds go nuts and popcorn flies. But, but, okay, I mean, okay, I don't know if you've heard me and Nate's theory on this, Michael, but there's okay. the angle that, okay, what if Sana Solo is Lando's sister? Okay, and then yeah, and further yeah. that with if Finn is a Solo, then you've got that whole Calrissian angle. She's a, she's a, he's a Calrissian solo. So now you can bring Lando back into the film and it's got a, it's got a point to it all. Han has a point to be there. I mean, I, there's so many ways they can play with that too, but yeah, that I, I like the fact that when they introduced that character specifically in the star Wars ongoing stuff right now, that everybody was like, Oh, well next issue we'll find out what it's all about. And it's like, no, no, we're getting some flashbacks after that. And we're going to have to wait to find out. <laughs> Right. Well, you know, the funny thing is I've, I've heard some people who, uh, you know, I've, I've heard some people saying that they're thinking like, oh, what if that's Lynn? What if she's related to Lando? And then I hear the other crowd going, oh, come on, guys. You know, just because they're black doesn't mean they're late. It's like, well, n no, but he does know Lando. And I mean, Lando most likely has family. So. Yeah, well, I mean, they're, they're doing a lot of new diversity pushes in Star Wars comics and novels, which I, I think is a good thing. Uh, be more representative of humanity in general. I mean, you've got uh, even Nakari, even though they don't focus on it too much, Nakari in Heir to the Jedi is a black woman. Mm -hmm. um, you don't know that really unless you look at the artwork that went with the excerpt in Star Wars Insider. Um, you've got the LGBT character, uh, Delian Moores in uh, Lords of the Sith, who, again, if, if it weren't for the fact that the... The, the spouse that she lost in a tragic accident is referred to as a woman once or twice. You would never have known the character was a gay character or not. Um, right. But it's sort of adding these little bits of diversity into things. And, but I'd like to think that at some point it's not diversity for diversity's sake, that maybe they're going to have a character who we might think of, maybe they kind of pull the switch on us, and we think it's just diversity for diversity's sake. Oh, Sana Solo, she's a black character. And no. Maybe this is one that has some other connection because what better situation to use for that than instead of having it be a character that's just out of nowhere like Nakari and Heir to the Jedi, make it a character with known ties to a character that we know and love like Han and give her some other aspect that sort of plays a six degrees of Kevin Bacon sort of way of linking characters and such together. Uh, but of course, then there's, there's always going to be the, the speculation out there of, you're just saying it because the character is this race or played by this actor or speaks in this way until, of course, we know what it really is. I mean, for all we know, she's lying about being mm -hmm. Han's wife. I mean, we won't really know anything until at least issue eight of Star Wars, if not further along. I'm hoping for all the hoopla that it's not just, I'm just kidding, or something <laughs> like that. You know, or, or, or it was something like uh, he was tricked into it, like, what's her name on, uh, on Firefly? That uh, Saps... Uh, 
Saffron? Saffron wasn't it? Sa- yeah, Saffron. Like, like, well, she mm-hmm. got tricked into the wedding or something like that, and there you go. And you're like, what? No, let's make it something that actually has some depth. Like, if they were supposed to actually be married, let's make it more than, you know, the length of a Britney Spears marriage or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the idea of, of her being Lando's sister because... Wasn't there a line in Empire where he says something like, oh, I surely forgot about that or something like that? Yeah, and the, and the you got a lot of guts coming here after what you pulled. I mean, in Legends, that got whittled down so much. It was like, it's supposed to be about this battle of Nar Shaddai and the Han Solo trilogy. But then here Lando shows up working right alongside Han and Yavin Basilica. And then again in Scoundrels. And it's like, it's like, well, I guess it wasn't entirely Han's fault is what Lando's thinking at one point in Scoundrels to try to explain away why. He wouldn't still be angry and yet can still simmer a little bit over the years and turn out, you know, like, oh, I'm glad to see you, buddy, and all that kind of crap. Um, I mean, let's make this something more personal. I mean, maybe it's right. that Han cheated when he won the Falcon or something, but even more, maybe he wronged Lando's sister. And all of a sudden we have more respect for Lando. Like, man, he's standing up for his sister. <laughs> like, I would put that fool in Carbonite, too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they kept a real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have necessarily turned in those rebels, but Han was with them. And screw Han. <laughs> you know, that's, that's it. <laughs> I'm done with you, brother. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be the best. <laughs> so, um, let's see. So, so, Seven hasn't come out yet, or, or it has? Uh, regular Star Wars, it hasn't yet. That That's that Obi-Wan okay. flashback that got pushed back. But Seven has come that's out of right, Vader, so, then... so now Vader and Star Wars are kind of out of sync a little bit, it looks like. Okay. So, yeah, so that, um, yeah, that, uh, uh, that Obi-Wan flashback is coming at a really opportune time. I'm really going to leave us hanging on who is Sana So, like, what's going on here? I think they wanted, they wanted us to be, like, Ooh, there's that box that says for Luke, and inside is Obi-Wan's journals. Awesome! What's in it? And no, everybody's like, who the heck is Sana Solo? You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's like with the Clone Wars, right? Greedo, yes, we said Greedo. And they expect us to all be like, oh my god, it's Greedo. And instead it's, I can't believe you're gonna screw up his background kind of thing with, <laughs> with Greedo. Like, what they think we're gonna be excited about is not always what we wind up being excited about. And sometimes I wonder, I mean, I'd like to think that now with people like Papa Hidalgo and Leland Chi being sort of in charge of the show and their, how much interaction they have with fans, that they kind of recognize what fans are going to get excited about instead of it being sort of the, this is what we want you to get excited about. Why didn't you get excited about it? Kind of reaction, you know? Yeah. Um, I lost my train of thought. Mark, go. <laughs> well, I was just thinking about the fact, like <laughs> when we watched the season two, uh, you know, premiere uh, down at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim, I believe it was new allies, new villains panel or something like that. And, you know, the trailer came out and they, they showed Ahsoka, they showed Vader coming back. They showed the new inquisitor and it was kind of like, yeah. And then they showed Rex. I was like, ah! I was like the, the inquisitor. Oh my God. Yeah. Didn't even know. I mean, when I watched my reaction, like I'm freaking, oh, yeah, what's that? my son's like, who the, what, what, who? And I'm like, I totally fan geeked out. And it was like the Thanos test. Like, I know who that guy is. It's like the, the, the force awakens trailer, right? Look, it's Ray. Look, it's Finn. Look, it's all these new stormtrooper. Uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. But what is it? Everybody's like, oh my god, it, Chewie, we're home. Yeah. And everybody's screaming like a Bieber concert. Heads exploding. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So uh, l- let me let me ask you uh, one thing. So Nathan, since you you said your favorite is the the Vader comic, so I'm I don't know. I have I'm really torn with this one because I'm like, I really loved that, and then I'm like, I really hated that. You know, just going through it, and you know the in in the um, issue six, the cover is is like perfect example of of my feelings. I'm just like, oh, sad Vader. <laughs> yeah, sad like, Vader. He's, he's so emo through most of it, and and I'm just like, if he would stop doing that, it would really late like raise this entire comic a letter grade for me. He's a little, you know, he's sort of, he's sort of just he's he's been rejected. And now he's right. focusing on, you know, how does he clear out anyone who might be uh, a a competitor for his slot? I mean, whether we're talking about Tag, or we're talking about uh, Silo 4 slash 5, the Cylon guy, so to speak, and all the, <laughs> the little troop dudes with him that he's trying to create. Um, I'm kind of with you in the sense that, that there's a love-hate thing. Well, we talked about this on the show. Our episodes aren't out yet. It won't be for a while, probably still. Um, there's like a 
a back and forth for me, like a tug of war with it, because versus the artwork is gorgeous in each individual panel, except the one where it looks like Palpatine just shard himself. It's like, oh, <laughs> that wasn't just gas. Right. Um, but sometimes it's really hard to tell what's going on from panel to panel, especially in yes. the sequence. And I guess it's issue two where there's the droid that's going and planting false information for Vader to supposedly recover later. You got to go back and read that a second time to know what the heck is going on. Um, right, right. You've got Vader very menacing and this great supporting cast of characters. And yet then you get to issue five and six. And I mean, as interesting as it is now, wondering where they're going to go with this idea of here's these four characters basically using technology as some way to sort of emulate the force to some degree. And it's not meant to replace Vader as the Sith apprentice, but just to replace the right hand of the emperor in terms of being very strong and forceful against the rebels and so forth. Um, that's intriguing to me to a degree, but there's a part of me that sat back when the realization was made that these guys are using technology for it. I feel like it's sort of a been there, done that way right. too much. Uh, and granted it was only done a little in the legends continuity, but it's still kind of too much. And it just smacks of I think gimmickry is, is what I'm looking for. It's like they were looking for an interesting twist and they gave us a twist, but for a lot of fans, I think we sat back and went, huh, or, oh, that's not quite what I was hoping for. Yeah, like, and then it's right. supposed to be, what, a battle <laughs> to the death in issue six, right? Therefore, to the death. And one guy dies, and Palpatine's like, okay, yeah, that's what I thought. chill yeah. out, chill out. <laughs> I, said, hey. I thought the same thing. I'm like, really? You kill the dude who it's not actually the dude, it's the dude possessed by something else. Yeah. So really, no one died. You know. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought this was going to be Vader Unleashed, and and I was kind of excited about that. And then it's like, well, all right, we're back to sad Vader again. We are, but we are getting Vader is more of the the maniacal planning Sith to a degree. I mean, he's had his moments right. in other books, starting to finally seem like he's doing that. But here, I mean, he he is on the mission for Tag or with Tag, and he uses the droid to get something that he wants to get an observer out of the way. He uses what he learns from fighting those battle droids to then hunt down the, uh, the location of Dr. Aphra so he can then bring her in and use her to get these droids from Geonosis, or eventually droids from Geonosis. He didn't know where they were from to begin with, uh, and use those for sort of a private army. And it's all the scheming. And I want to say that we're going to see more of that, if only because of the end of issue six. Because in okay. Star Wars issue six, it's just Skywalker, and he's angry and the the view screen or the, the the viewport starts to crack but in vader we get that scene and then memories flooding through his mind of stuff that we saw back in the films for the most part and earlier in the star wars series and then he contacts the emperor and it's like no i know exactly what we are and where we stand and you get this right. sense that oh vader this is where he starts in earnest to sort of reclaim his thing from Revenge of the Sith, right? You know, I'm more powerful. I can overthrow him. And now this is where he starts planning to get his hands on Luke and really do what he tells Luke he wants to do at the end of Empire. I mean, you go back to Legends and so many times there were these opportunities for Vader to overthrow and you even got Starkiller thrown and there was a secret apprentice and whatnot that it sort of diluted a little bit of the end of Empire that, oh, he wants to rule the galaxy as father and son, but it's just opportunistic. He would have done it with anybody to overthrow Palpatine. He just happens to realize that Luke's his son, so he's going to recruit Luke, but he would have recruited anybody. But you don't get that sense here that this is where he's like, oh, hell no. And now, or <laughs> hell no. And now he's going to make it happen. Um, yeah. If that's where they're going, then we've got a nice solid foundation. But it's, it's almost like it can't be judged yet. Like it has to be judged on. Where does it go? Like Lords of the Sith. If we're going to see Chom Syndulla again, it's an awesome way to kick off another storyline. Otherwise, it's just Vader and Palpatine crash and fight a bunch of freaking animals. See, the rival right. angle, the thing there that I wish they would have played with for a second before he found out, or well, maybe right after he found out it was Luke, is when he found out that he'd been training the, the twins for about 20 years. You know, I mean, that's about the same age of Luke. I would love to see at some point in one of those next series of the issues of having Vader go, you know, what if Palpatine came for my son? You know, what if Palpatine had trained my kid and have that other angle of something burning on him? But he already knows that that wasn't the case. So, you know, that's an angle they really can't explore now. But, oh, I mean, 
when I first read that dialogue mm-hmm. and he realized that Pal- Palpatine was training these kids, even though they weren't really force sensitive, they were techno, you know, force users in a sense. Cause like when they used it, you'd see these really cool lines on their hands and on their forehead. They couldn't tell you that they was using and they were able to create flames and stuff like that. So I, I, I thought that was kind of cool, but I don't know. I was really hoping we'd see an angle like that. and it, it didn't play out that way, but it was still an interesting angle. But, but yeah, where Nate says it's the, where it's going from here that I'm really, really interested in. And, and what you said at the beginning too, is, you know, the Dr. After, I mean, she's, and those droids are, are a character that could easily carry this series on if they stop being, you know, Darth Vader book one, Darth Vader, or Darth Vader book one Vader. Uh, you know, they go like Darth Vader book two, Dr. Afra, you know, and, and make it the focus where Vader's kind of like uh, Charlie with Charlie's angels. And they right. really did yeah. do a, they did a good job with the dialogue. You mentioned just in the dialogue, seeing something, but think about the dialogue of this. I mean, it really takes good insight into the character and being a little snarky to have Palpatine when Vader is, is realizing this about the twins to have Palpatine basically say, you'll have to forgive Vader. He has issues with children. You're like, whoa, oh, Palpatine, you're, you're really kind of getting at him there. But that's what we get in the new canon. We've got a Palpatine who's more of like a one-line zinger, you know, trying to get under yeah, Vader's really, skin, kind of, yeah, you destroyed things at Gavin, like, you screwed up. You you are the chosen one, the one chosen to be blamed, or whatever it is that he says. You yeah. almost want a scene where, like, they're sitting there with a bunch of other big wigs, and Vader starts to say something, but he's like, don't talk to me like that in front of people. Yeah, I mean, it's even at the end when he's like, oh, what, you know, like Vader hasn't said anything. He just calls Palpatine. He's like, oh, what? he's like, are, are you going to actually stand up to me? You know, it's just like, oh, look, you're going to stand up for yourself. It's, mm-hmm. it's like they took Vader. characterizations of Vader and Palpatine straight from Robot Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you, Torso Knight, right? What do you mean? Boy, he's going to cry now. How do you get Death Star? Have you seen the size of it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, are you gonna cry like you did with when uh, Panda Bear Panda died Panda or whatever Panda her name was? Panda Bear, Panda, whatever her name was. <laughs> what is an aluminum falcon? <laughs> no, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, but but going to the uh, the is she a doctor? Is she actually supposed to be a, a doctor? doctor Afro, but doctor is in archaeology. Yeah, she right. like doctor like Jones out all the time, and then and. The classic Indiana Jones running from the ball droid and diving under the door. I was like, this is awesome. yeah. see her reach back. Thanks. Yeah, that, that was a cool little callback. And I've, I've, that was actually one of the things that I liked the most from uh, the Phantom Menace as a child was, was the, uh, the destroyer droid. So that was cool. You know, it's funny because you get the sense that she almost has a romantic attraction to Vader. Not, not, maybe not necessarily to him, but to, like, to the power of him. Her, her little comments under her breath like, this is the greatest job ever and stuff like I, I love yeah. the fact that this character is so just unhinged it seems like she's probably my favorite right. new canon character that we've got uh including the, the cast of rebels i mean she's a, a fantastic character um but i'm wanting there to be a point at which there's like a little side character with them or maybe even triple zero to turn to her after she makes some kind of witty you know flirtatious comment to vader have somebody turn to go <laughs> no time for love dr afra <laughs> <laughs> Maybe maybe you can have the uh, agromech uh, say it, and then it gets translated or something. <laughs> oh man! Um, but t- talking about those two, um, how do because you, you guys are are way more steeped into the uh, the EU and stuff? What do you think of the the triple zero uh, name or whatever? Or I don't uh, the cortex. Yeah, Desi- designation or whatever yeah. personality matrix yeah that uh-huh. it threw me off because i just expect people to be confused because that was you know a novel title in the designation for coruscant yeah, as far as you know navigationally but it works i mean it's just a you know, it's, it's a, a, a name although I, i'm curious where it comes from because right. they seem to be contradicting themselves i'm assuming there's a backstory coming that tarkin initiative thing because they're saying that it was quarantined for centuries but then they talk about Triple uh, Zero and BT One being part of the Tarkin Initiative, both. And unless we're talking about a Tarkin family member hundreds of years ago, how could it be co- be created as part of the Tarkin Initiative if it's talking Wilhelm Tarkin and yet be quarantined for centuries? So I'm I'm assuming there's more backstory or clarity that we'll eventually get with those characters, um, which you would expect. Right. I mean, it's only, we're only in the first yeah. 
arc or so of it, but yeah, triple zero threw me off. I was like, is this a Coruscant droid? Is it is a zero playing right. something? See, my theory on that is that the body is part of the the Tarkin initiative and the other droid completely. You're using the C-3PO idea then. Yeah. The way they used to explain away it. Well, how can C-3PO have been given a construction date of a hundred some odd years ago and yet Anakin made him? Well, see, the brain was Anakin. He got rebuilt from this old droid that was actually from a hundred years ago. We don't want retcons like that anymore. The whole point is not to have retcons like that anymore. Please. Right. But but see, I I didn't see that necessarily as the retcon. I, I just saw it as she needed that processor. The question is, is why did she need that processor? And I was under the impression that it altered his personality. Like I had a feeling that, that some of the stuff was already what he was doing. Like torture was already part of his protocols, but that that processing unit itself had something to do, but there's definitely a story there. Uh, as for the name triple zero, you know, I, I kind of, um, I didn't, I, I thought at first, you know, well, yeah, that's got the Coruscant angle there. But beyond that, I think it was just a, a really fun name. They're, you know, interesting droids. And, uh, you know, BT-1 especially, like, you know, when you see issue three of Darth Vader, he looks like the uh, classic black astromech that, you know, I, I call him Gate here at my house on the desk. But he, then he changed on the inside. He, he looks more like an R2 unit, but he's got like this organic looking or a lot of wires coming to the eye kind of thing. Uh, so, you know, the, the look of him changed from, from a couple different angles that they had him and stuff, but I think it's a cool droid. And I love the fact that he's a psychopath completely, you know, they go on about him being the psychopath and he uses flames in a, in a way more sadistic way than R2 ever does. <laughs> well, I, I'm afraid, right. I am a little afraid for the supporting cast that we're getting with the next issue, because we've got, we've got Kersantan, the Wookiee back, and then there's another bounty hunter do better. There's like a, an IG 90. So apparently there's a red version of IG-88 out there called IG-90. Who talks? And then we've got this hey. one. Say what? He talks like HK. State. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's got, you've got the okay. little red armored dude. And when the red armored dude finally steps down and starts walking, you realize that this is a little person or how are you supposed to politically correctly say it? I'm what it's like, they're totally seeding they're a role into Star Wars for Peter Dinklage. That's the whole point of the character, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm on board. We want Dinklage. Yeah, that was kind of my, my only thing. And I'm like, okay, we got a Wookiee too. I'm like, what are we like what are we building here? Like it's the um like the frightful four version of the you know of, of the Star Wars well, it's, team. It's crossover, you see. It's a crossover promotion because yeah. if you remember Jim, Jim and the holograms is getting a movie. And what was the little tag thing for Jim's villains in the theme song? We are the misfits, we're gonna get her. Well, there you go. They're the misfits. <laughs> That's all it is. And and they meet yeah. with Aphra at the end of issue seven. So maybe they're going to get her somehow. Maybe it's a cross promotion. and We just don't see it. See, Disney is just that good. Is, is Disney doing anything with <laughs> them in a hologram? It's probably not. So there's the uh, the uprising game, which are, are you all familiar with that? The, Somewhat, it's, yeah. it's, so it's the OK, so it's the, the mobile app game, which is interesting because I haven't heard many people talk about it. But it actually seems like it's set up. It's like uh, it's the first look that we've really had at the canon post uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, that one's coming out in September, so it's coming out around the same time as all that Journey to the Force Awakens stuff is coming out. But it looks right. cool. I mean, as long as it's a fun mobile game and not monotonous, it'll be great. It's got a Kotor look to it for sure. Yeah, it's. Well, I mean, some of it looks kind of weird, and and I'm not sure the the reasoning behind it or whatever. But, um, like you have that guy who looks kind of like a uh, oh, what were they called the, the big robot stormtroopers from Dark Forces. Dark troopers. Yeah, so he kind of looks like a mix between a dark trooper and Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. No, I, I. And then a little Fallout, maybe I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, it, it. I don't know. It's. It's kind of like the knockoff Star Wars as far as the look goes. But, but at the same the, time, you think about where it's placed. Like, you know, Vader's just died. You know, the, the heads of the Empire gone. But Vader, the imagery of Vader, you know, it did the Tarkin initiative on its own. You know, I mean, just the Star Destroyer right. pull up in your atmosphere enough to make you, you know, poodoo in your pants. Seeing Darth Vader show up in, in the hallway or anywhere, you know, you're about to poodoo your pants. These guys definitely the stylization I think is purposeful. I think it's 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 
done right. such an intentioned way to, you know, immediately strike that fear and recall to memory, you know, Darth Vader and what it was like when Palpatine and Vader were the ones in power. Right. Well, and, and the thing is, too, that um, they're talking about, because I, I think this is kind of giving, like I said, this is sort of giving a good bit for um, for what to expect, you know, post Return of the Jedi, because, you know, they basically say that um, since the uh, Anoate, probably pronouncing that wrong, sector. Yeah, the Anoate system. The, Anoate? Which I always okay. thought in Empire so, was him saying, I know that system for years. <laughs> So apparently, um, it just gets locked that's, down. That's where that's named. Oh my god, I thought that all this a Noat system. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, it's it's where Bespin is, and and it's that's where fantastic. Lando is. God, oh my, yeah, it's a Noat. Oh. He says it in the movie. I'm telling you. Oh, oh my god, I I never noticed that. It, yeah. See, this is why you have the movies like Aladdin, where it's a good kitty take off and go, and it sounds like oh, good teenagers take off your clothes, and those urban legends get started. <laughs> This is why Disney can't have nice things. I, I you know, last night and I, or maybe the night before even, and posted a picture of, of Quinlan Voss, you know, and, and one of the, my fellow fans that I know through Facebook was like, I didn't even know that. I'm like, oh man, I, I thought I've gone off about that before. How did you not know that? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, so basically they go all Berlin wall on the, uh, mm-hmm. and that, say it again like for what? me, Nate. <laughs> I can't say it. Uh, the Anoat system. Anoat. A no wet. What they call so that? Like, the uh, iron what Anchorman. was it? Iron barrier or something like that? The iron, iron blockade. blockade. Yeah, I mean I mean, yeah, they're just uh it's like Tarkin town. It's they're just shamelessly stealing from history. Yeah, but I mean Star Wars uh, has done that for years. I mean, so much of it I mean that's why there's the book Star Wars and History that came out. Um I'm I'm eager to see how they play it up. I think for me, I mean, and I think mm-hmm. for Mark too, it's less Sadly, it's less about the gameplay, which appears to be sort of a top-down shooting co-op type game, and more about what do they do with the story of it. And hopefully, right. this will be yeah. deeper into the canon than say something like uh, you know Star Wars Commander. But that even there were characters out of Star Wars Commander that you interact with who were referenced in the Ultimate Star Wars book. It's supposed to be the guide to all that is canon. Um, yes, I just picked that up, and I haven't even cracked it open yet. It'll be. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting how much they play, and if they really make use of the cutscenes and, and sort of, as much as they're hyping it up, use some of the things that they're getting out of that trailer. I would love to see, I mean, if they're going to make parallels to history, let's make some heavy parallels. Like, let's have a speech like the one right. in which it refers to, you know, an iron curtain has fallen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you know, from, from to, to, in the Adriatic, blah, blah, blah. You know, have the actual um, Star Wars character saying something similar, because it's kind of like what you got back in the Legends continuity with... Um, I think it was West End Games that originated it, where you had the Declaration of Rebellion. And then eventually you get the Declaration of a New <laughs> Republic, and it's based, a lot of the structure of it is based on it. In fact, I did an episode, I guess it was of either Butlerniverse or Chrono Radio, I think it was Butlerniverse back in the day, where I actually went through and read our Declaration of Independence and the Declaration of uh, the Rebellion or whatever it's called that we get out of the Legends continuity to see how they were structured so similar. I love that kind of stuff. and. You know, maybe sometimes it does have to be in your face, but you step back and you think, how many of the people actually playing this game are going to have a clue that it's actually <laughs> right, a historical right. yeah, reference? Not... We're talking about a, an era in which you can ask a man on the street who the vice president of the United States is, and most of them will tell you it's Michelle Obama. Okay, they don't. <laughs> it, people just don't pay attention to current events, let alone to history half the time. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, in the story angle, you know, because we now have the canon that's being headed by the story group. We don't know exactly how this is going to fit in. They say it's all canon, but we're just like, well, what happens when it's ignored? Or what happens when the greater public doesn't play that one game? And then you guys come back over it and do something else. Like, they're going to keep that in line. But then there's the story mechanics and all that kind of stuff. Like, they've always explained that away before by saying, well, it's just a lower grade canon. Well, they're not saying that anymore. And they haven't really told us what their game plan is with the games. Uh, you know, when you think right. about the timeline in the books, it's it's focusing only on the movies, the books, and the TV shows. It's not focusing on the comics. It's not focusing on the games. Uh, it's so so there's those angles that are at play where we're still like, well, what are the story group doing? You know, what I mean, you know, we've had a little bit of information, but they haven't told us like, well, we have the Force Awakens coming out, and we've got JJ doing it, and we've given him these 25 points that have to be in the movie, and he's free to do whatever else he wants, or 
did we give him, you know, an all but laid out script or, or did we hire him to write out what we wanted him to write out? Like how much creative control did he have versus how much was there strict? This is what we want. Uh, you know, they haven't said how that's working out with all this stuff. They just tell us, well, we've got, you know, the story group that's here that's going to keep it all in line. And, you know, when you've been in Legends continuity as long as you have and you had those things that came up that created the retcons and stuff, you know, it was always like the biggest bummer. You know, I mean, I always tried to, to put a positive spin on it. Well, oh, we got an option for another story out there, you know, but at the end of the day, it was like you wanted that stuff to mesh and work. Uh, and so far, these characters, you know, them showing up in the Ultimate Guide, that's great. Uh, but what happens at, at some point when these games are just so poorly received that they're just forgotten about entirely? And then there's that one fan, that one nitpicker that points it out to the right forum. And then all of a sudden it's wildfire. Oh, my gosh, this one thing didn't happen or it did happen. And you're just like, oh, we're back to square one again. I think back to, uh, from what I'm understanding, the biggest difference in the way that they're approaching it now, like when I wrote that story for Star Wars Tales, it went through the process that most of the Dark Horse Comics stuff went through, which is you would write it, or you come up with your story pitch and whatnot, and that would go to the editor, and then they answered, of course, to the, the head editor of the line, if it wasn't that particular person, and you'd go through most of the process with them at that particular licensee, and yeah, the pitch would usually get have to be okayed by Lucasfilm, and then eventually the final... Um, script would tend to have to get a quick nod from Lucasfilm, but most of the creative process and the filling in of all the gaps is done on that licensee level. And you really didn't get someone like Leland Chi involved until there was a question. Like, uh, you know, I was fine with whatever I did with that Star Wars Tales story, but as soon as I said, well, I'd kind of like to have uh, Kyle and Jan married at this point, because it's so long after Kyle and Jan from the, the video games um, had started working together, and it seems like they had paired off, and most of the other pairs in Star Wars had gotten married by that point, so why not them? And I got the no back from Lucasfilm, which is what turned that into a story point of him sort of trying to get her to say yes, and she's like, no, I'm not doing it because we're pressured by the war and might die. Screw that. We're going to do it the right way. Um, but until questions like that came up of, hey, can we do this? They really didn't get involved all that much, and yet now it seems like it's more of a a hands-on approach from Pablo and, and Leland and them where it's each thing that goes through, there is no, well, we're just kind of just let it go. And as long as we hit those points, it's okay that they actually have to take a look and approve the full product itself. Um, granted, there's always going to be some deviation between the time they approve it, and maybe the last edits on something or like with a video game, maybe they approve the script and the general stuff, but then maybe some of the, the character models don't turn out exactly like they expected or something for the game. Um, but it seems like they have a much greater control over it now. So something like this, I mean, this is coming out before Battlefront, as far as I know. Uh, this will be yeah. the first canonical Star Wars game to really have a heavy story component from what it sounds like. Um, we'll have a chance right. to really see you know, how involved they are by how this story is treated. Well, uh, this yeah. makes me want to ask you a question real quick, Nate. Uh, with Star Wars Commander, do you know when that's set in the timeline? Because a lot of stuff with the Empire on Tatooine happens in the story mode of that game. Uh, but does it take place at any time, like, where Darth Vader's falling? Like, should there be an Imperial garrison and, you know, that kind of stuff? Or is this set before that or after that? You know, I honestly, I, it's, I haven't had a chance to really delve too much into it. The only stuff that's, that I recall about it is just the stuff that shows up in the uh, that Ultimate Star Wars book way down at the bottom. I want to say it's set fairly close to around uh, A New Hope, maybe slightly afterwards, but I, listen, I haven't yeah, because that, that much into it. Surprisingly, but, but you're, you're saying, though, you know, should there be a garrison, etc., etc., I mean, we don't know. This is a new continuity anyway, so they can do what they want. It's like, it's like they said um, in Insider, well, the Lando comic is set uh, before Lando becomes Baron Administrator of Cloud City. Well, that doesn't tell us anything anymore because we don't know when he becomes the Baron Administrator of Cloud City anymore because that's all up in the air. It's that whole, uh, you know, fresh new canon, welcome home to Marvel thing. You know, we don't know. Yeah. yeah he could actually already be the, the Baron of Cloud City before Rebels. And it's just like, oh, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. he was taking the hiatus <laughs> at that point. But, uh, that's how Lobot came to be, uh, you know, the head administrator was he was running it in Lando's stead for all that time when Lando. Right. All. No, but the, the, the thing I was thinking about is, you know, com Commander's 
got now 10 different story things uh, all together. Uh, I'm at the point now where we're, you know, about to kick the empire off of Tatooine. So I'm kind of like, that was the angle that I was like, Oh, that was, you know, that's actually interesting because like that game is very, I don't know. Like it doesn't seem like a lot of people are playing it as much now as they were three months ago. Uh, and it's got quite a little story that goes on in there. And, and it, now that they've got the 10th right. chapter, you know, it does seem like it's done something for the empire on Tatooine. I haven't finished it yet. So I don't know if like they get kicked out or what, but th- that's the impression that I've got from Sanzo. So I'm kind of like, Oh, what's this going to do? Uh, oh, it is, I did check. It is shortly after. Okay. So it's right around the same time as the Star Wars series and Darth Vader and Princess Leia and Heir to the Jedi. Don't worry. There's no room for things to get convoluted there. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I was kind of wondering. I'm like, man, I, I hope down the road, like people remember that there's a story here that, that seems to be, you know, more vital, I guess is what I'm looking for because while you're right. playing for the empire, or I mean, well, I was playing for the empire a long time ago. Well, while you're playing for the rebellion, you know, you're like, well, the empire's pushing in. We got to get them out of here. You know, it's, it's, it's getting worse every day kind of scenario. And I'm under the impression that we eventually kick them off, but unfortunately my phone just died and I'm probably going to end up getting a new one. And I'm thinking I'm about to lose everything I've done. And I'm like, Oh my yeah so yeah that game uh it, it's become near and dear to me man yeah it, it but it's a game that when i talk to other people they don't know about it so that's that angle from from watching the games as someone who pays attention to the story it's like Will this impact it? Will the story group tell them, oh, by the way, there's this stuff that happened in this game. If you ever want to use it, which I could see that happening quite a bit. I know like Leland and stuff would, would get together with other writers and stuff and, and give them ideas and things like that. So I could see little bombs dropped like that. So hearing that the one author and stuff was trying to bring in Han's background and was told no, like it's nice to know that there are angles that are going to go, but I would love to see StarWars.com put out an article that really gives us some meat on what the heck the story group's doing. You know, I, I, I best right. I can say is they're the new George Lucas. Yeah, I, I think probably that's not going to happen until at least at, at least after The Force Awakens, if not, you know, even further down, just with with all their secrecy and and trying to, you know, be quiet about what's going on. That's that's why I was really. Um, so shocked about this game because I feel like this gives us a a, a really big idea into what's going to be happening in the Force Awakens. You know, they're talking about, you know, so the the uh, Anoat is uh, shut down. It's they're told that no, that's that's a lie going on. The Emperor is not dead; he's still alive. And you know, they're just being cut off so that they don't know. And then a resistance starts up, and I'm like, is that the same? Is that the same resistance? So, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I thought it was kind of interesting. Like I said, that, you know, that, that to me basically is, you know, pretty affirmative for, for what to expect, how, how, uh, things continued on after, uh, after Return of the Jedi. You're no longer yeah. a rebellion. You're now a resistance. It's funny because, of right. course, you know, the historical parallels, you would think, well, They've got such fast communication. Surely people would know that he had died. But you still had German groups that for a while were fighting, even though Hitler had died. They didn't know just yet. Um, And you think of this on a galactic scale and just how long it would take for everybody to just find out about things like this. I think of it more in terms of, I mean, we had, gosh, I forget, which, oh, which war was it? War of 1812, maybe? Like, Because there, there was a war in which, if I remember correctly, Andrew Jackson won a major victory that made him famous, but it was after the peace had officially been declared, but nobody bothered to tell the people there. So he becomes oh this hero because he, he won a battle after the war was supposed to be done. Um, I, mean, or, I mean, I just, I, I like the idea that they're giving us something new. Uh, aftermath sure seems to sound like it. The idea of, you know, well, who even knows? Who believes that he's dead? Who even cares? whose lives are really affected by him being gone. It's, it's almost more of a, what if a Roman Empire leader had died more so than what if a modern leader had died and just everybody knew immediately. Apparently in Star Wars world, they don't have Twitter you know, or Facebook. You know, there's not instant bursts of messages. The Empire controlled all that. Let's think about you know the cosplay angle. Anybody can be in that suit, and anyone can fashion a suit of armor. I mean, you know, there's a power vacuum right. there, and 
we're now seeing characters that can use technology to create force-like effects. So we could see somebody easily stepping into Vader's role in that regard. Be like, oh, Vader's gone? Oh, here, look, hold on a sec. I'm his biggest fan. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a perfect yeah. callback. And, and I wondered if we would see that, yeah. Perfect callback to Mark right before we started recording, playing with a toy voice changer. <laughs> that's the one that gave him sorry you don't say yeah yeah you don't sound like james earl jones sir don't work click, click. no i do and there you go <laughs> yeah, you gotta wonder i mean there's still <laughs> do. exactly you just yeah. you gotta wonder where they're going with it but it's the potential is there in the comics to bring this kind of full circle are definitely leading the way in most respects and now it's nice to see games starting to jump in on it. it'll be more interesting when we finally oh, yeah. get Battlefront, and I highly doubt we're going to get any new story stuff with Disney Infinity, but you never know. They might give us a new character or name of a weapon right. or something. Well, and, and you just touched on Battlefront. I mean, I don't know that that's actually going to have much. You know, I, it, it looks to me like this game is going to have more uh, information uh, for the, for the, the story than, than what Battlefront would, because it sounds like Battlefront's essentially just a, a multiplayer it game. It sounded very much more like an arcade, like the classic just right. kind of put out. It sounds like it's going to be done very much like a lot of the missions in previous Battlefront games outside of the main campaign, where there's like a context to what you're doing and, right. and an identity to you and your enemies, but it's not so much a, a linked story, per well, se. Like, if you're so playing this particular scenario. playing Tatooine on the assault mode in Battlefront 2, where you're the Jedi versus the Sith. <laughs> right. God, I loved that back in the day. But all right, um, <laughs> so uh, I, th- I think uh, Nate's Nate's got to head out now, so so definitely need to be wrapping up. I really appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, you you want to tell everybody where they can find you? Mark, you're the expert at that, having said it a million times now. <laughs> yeah, Mark? Mark, Mark, hello. Oh, uh oh, can't hear him. Unmute Mark. I think he's just faking it to make you do it. Nice. Mark, come here. Hello. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, my keyboard. Uh, the battery's. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> what is it doing? All right. What are you doing? Okay, so where can they find us? All right. Remember, you can always find our episodes. They're streaming online on the Star Wars Report website, Second Airborne Division at www.starwarsreport.com. Uh, me and Nathan do Star Wars Beyond the Films, which you can find us on Twitter or Facebook, or just type in Star Wars Beyond the Films in your search bar. Uh, you know, and I'm at Logical Rogue 2 on Twitter, and you can find me under my name on Facebook. And then I've got my Star Wars Timeline Gold over at StarWarsFanWars.com slash timeline. My other projects I've been involved in podcast-wise, of course, are over at StarWarsFanWars.com as well. Uh, and I do have a YouTube channel with From the Star Wars Home Video Library, reviews of Fantasy Flight game stuff as it comes out and all that good stuff, which is over on YouTube under username Chrono Radio. So I believe it's YouTube.com slash user slash Chrono Radio to get to those. Or just look up From the Star Wars Home Video Library. I'm the only one with episodes called that anyway. All right. Yeah, and we definitely got to get you back on, Nate, to, uh, to talk about some of the Fantasy Flight games because... I love me some X-Wing. I haven't started into the uh, the card game yet. Um, I own a good bit of, of them already. I've, I have two of the starter packs, the, I think, Balance of the Force and some of the others. I'm not I'm not quite sure. Um, but, yeah, I plan to get on that as soon as I can get some time. Yeah, go, go to those places and uh, download and uh, give them reviews. Five stars. Write it. Tell them you love them www.starwarsreport.com you can also you know of course find us there which hopefully you know that if you're listening but if not go there uh, the, the uh, Cloud City Casino has both a Facebook page and a Twitter and we're going to be posting a, uh, a little link about winning a uh, special variant signed uh, Lando Calrissian number one comic and uh, if you just go ahead and share that when you see it then uh, we're going to have a random drawing for that comic. Besides that, add us, subscribe, give us those reviews too. Would appreciate that. And I think that's pretty much going to handle it. Guys, I appreciate you being on. And uh, never forget, let the Wookiee win, brother.
Sign.